Money FM 89.3, best of the afternoon update. Welcome to Money and the Market. The European Central Bank will begin hiking interest rates from tomorrow in an effort to stem rampant inflation. And this will be their first rate hike since 2011. And according to people familiar with the matter, the ECB may consider raising interest rates by double the quarter point it outlined just last month because of the worsening inflation backdrop. And joining us on the phone for more on this is Radhika Rao, Executive Director and Senior Senior economist at DBS Bank Singapore. Radhika, welcome to the show. Hi, Longlin. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hi. Okay. So, first of all, the ECB may consider raising interest rates by 50 basis points. What are your expectations and how likely do you think they will lift the rates by 50 basis points? So, I think if you go by the last uh, official statement in the monetary policy review,、uh, the ECB did talk about、um, going steady, going starting incrementally, going、mm-hmm. gradually.、Uh, but、uh, You're absolutely right. So, as of、uh, you know, earlier this week, there's a very strong market chatter that it could be not 25 but a 50.、Uh, we're not very surprised. I mean, there is pressure on the ECB to、uh, match what the other central banks are doing. Let's see the Fed. You know, where, who, where inflation is at 9%, and they've moved、mm-hmm. almost by 150 basis points. And EU members, you know, we talk about aggregate eurozone inflation, but if you talk about individual countries, some of them face double-digit inflation. So, obviously, for them,、uh, they, are, they are the ones who are calling for more aggressive action as well. From the,、uh, from ECB's uh, uh, you know a perspective, I would think、uh, they would rather go gradually. But then again, given the inflation problems,、uh, given rising demand, given the need that other peers are also been acting quite aggressively, and as it is, ECB is starting quite late in the cycle.、Uh, I would be very surprised if a 50 basis point materialized. Okay, okay. And talking about the euro too, after the Bloomberg has actually reported this news about ECB, maybe they will raise it by 50、um, basis points. The euro actually. Rebounds. The euro actually dropped below parity with the dollar last week. Would it, a half point move be enough? I mean, the rally that we saw、um, after this news,、um, what is it short lived, or could that rally continue?、Um, that's a very important,、um, you know, fallout of what the ECB is likely to do. So, you, what what we are seeing the year up until. June, July,、uh, is that the, there's no stopping the dollar, and I think、mm-hmm. what's happened there is that in terms of policy as well as rate differentials, Fed is way ahead of where the other central banks are. But now you've seen the other side of the leg also start、um, reacting. So you've, like、mm-hmm. we said, you know, ECB. Euro is a big weight in the dollar index, so you've seen now Euro gradually react as the ECB hikes get start、uh, start getting underway. I think increasingly see Euro、uh, Euro do- as well react to the policy action. By by what what I mean by that is that you would see a lot of bo-、uh, buoyancy in the Euro. Till now, it's been a one way down street. Uh, but we would think that you know our at least our, our in-house strategists expect Euro to be above the parity、um, because of what the ECB is likely to do. So. Rate differentials, which were quite wide earlier, are going to narrow as ECB continues to hike rates. So, if this 50 basis point, we would think is just a start to the hiking cycle, which could be as much as the 150 basis points by early next year. I see. I see. So then, if the ECB do decide on the half point increase rather than a quarter point increase, how will this impact markets, especially in the region? So I think regional central banks. I mean, if you mean the regional equity markets,、uh, I, I think it's it's quite clear that tightening liquidity conditions as well as higher rate prospects have hurt、um, you know sentiments in the equity markets. Not only in the West, but you can see that in Asia as well.、Um, that、uh, some days are very 
um, upbeat, but most days, if they're taking a six to 12 month horizon, you, you do think that higher rates are going to impact growth, um, you know, and impact funding costs and all of that as well. So I would think if they go for a 20, 50 basis points, of course, it's good from a policy perspective because it anchors inflationary expectations. Mm-hmm. But for equity markets, it just reconfirms or reinforces the fact that no central bank is going to sit idle. Uh, when inflation is at a you know four decade high. Mm-hmm. So then, how are uh, the European government bonds reacting to the news that the ECB may double the quarter point expected hike? So the uh, bond markets um, in the peripheral bonds as well as uh, you know member country bonds, those are much more. Of course, they are focused on what the ECB is going to do, whether it's a twenty five or a fifty. But mm-hmm. I think they're very keenly watching for one more element that might mm-hmm. accompany the central bank's decision, which is a is what it's called the anti-fragmentation tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ECB has come out with another term for it. Uh, but I think, in a sense, what that's going to mean is they, while they are going to hike rates, they don't want that increase to actually spill mm-hmm. over into the bond market and raise the funding costs, borrowing costs for countries that are, uh, you know, are already facing high debt levels and are still under pretty uh, intense growth pressure. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think that, that trading that path is going to be very, very tricky. Uh, but so markets are waiting to see what is that fine print behind that tool. You know, they will have to, uh, by some way, assure that they're going to buy bonds. Uh, they're going to keep, uh, on what basis are they going to buy bonds? Whose bonds are they going to buy? What's the threshold mm-hmm. at which they're going to buy those bonds? You know, these are some of the questions that the markets have. Essentially, uh, you know, in essence, what they need to do is maintain a hawkish uh, uh, you know, signal as far as their benchmark rates are concerned, but hope through th- that through this tool, or at least assurance of this tool that funding costs for countries don't go up by that much. So I think it's certainly, mm. like I mentioned before, it's a very fine balance to tread. And and also amidst all of this, we are having concerns about the intensifying um, the gas supplies from Russia, and it's amid a standoff over its invasion of Ukraine. There are worries um, that Russia will s- actually shut down the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, but there are reports that have come out today that um, they will resume it, but at a lower capacity. And, and yesterday, we saw, according to new estimates from the block, the region's GDP could potentially potentially be reduced by as much as 1.5% if um, Russia stops the flow of gas through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. So how severe is this and could the EU ever bounce back from this if this worst case scenario happens? Um, Certainly, you know, it's a quite dire situation. I mean, the EU on its own account has um, already signaled that by 2022, they're going to, uh, you know, stall or stop uh, purchases purchases from Russia, barring one of you countries which are landlocked uh, and hence will still require, uh, you know, they don't have access to, to the seas to get it from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the run-up, uh, obviously, I think the, there is weaponization of these energy supplies that's been mm-hmm. overhanging overhang for quite some time. And it does look like even before this Nord Stream went into one went into maintenance. Uh, there was already, um, I think, anywhere between a 40-50% drop in supplies. Mm-hmm. Now that's gone on maintenance and has come online, I think it's not surprising, again, that flows are going to be much, much 
smaller. So, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, you know, uh, 80, 90 percent of this uh, supply that Russia does to the EU comes through pipeline. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. and Nord Stream is among the biggest supplies. So certainly if there's any big change on that front, it's going to affect um, the countries. And I think the main uh, brunt will be certainly on Germany because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen uh, these pipelines run through Germany first and a bit through Russia and a few uh, peripheral countries as well. So growth impact, I think, is um, unfortunately unavoidable. In fact, mm-hmm. the summer months were supposed to be the months where, you know, you can build up gas storage mm-hmm. uh, because of low energy demand usually, um, you know, as compared to the winter season. And what you're seeing now is that Europe in uh, Europe as a whole is under a, a huge, uh, uh, you know, heat wave, right? Mm-hmm. Record-breaking temperatures. Mm-hmm. There are fires in Spain, Portugal, uh, France, UK also as well. So that is added to energy demand in, in, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, cutting it back. Uh, and you've seen power tariffs go up, you know, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly are in fact at the strongest since early 90s. So it's really a very tough situation to be in where energy demand remains high, but supply is likely to be a shortage. And that's why I think most of the multilateral organizations who are coming out with the forecast now are showing downside risk. Our own forecast is about uh, 1.4% for this year. Uh, but certainly if gas supplies do cut, get cut, which is not a base case, I think supplies will slow but will not get cut because Russia as well requires the revenues. Um, but if it does get cut, certainly there's going to be more of a stagflationary kind of situation where growth will tank, but you will have persistently high inflation uh, because of general power as well as um, energy prices being sticky and high. Uh, so I think it's going to take certainly a toll, and I don't think there's going to be a 2022 problem in that case, you know, as well as you could that see that slowdown spill over into 23 okay. as well okay. and then pay on the euro. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Radhika, for your time and your insights. Thanks, Alvin. Thank nice you. Day. You too. We've been speaking with Radhika Rao, Executive Director and Senior Economist at DBS Singapore. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.